Hello, everybody. Stephen from Wine Saves Lives and the Wine Saves Lives podcast. I'm here with uh, with my love Beth, and we are relaxing after a long day of running around trying to get stuff done, and uh, haven't had a chance to to talk to folks like you about wine and about kind of what's been going on in in the cellar, what's been going on in the vineyards, that sort of thing. Um, If if you're anywhere near California, anywhere near a television talking about the weather in California over the last several weeks, you realize that we have been inundated, finally, with rain. And uh, it's been a, a blessing in practically every aspect. We have a lot of friends who live up in the Santa Cruz Mountains and They've been less enamored <laughs> of all this rain, I think, than we have. Reservoirs are way up over last year. Um, most areas of California are no longer under extreme drought conditions. The last time that we had rain like this was 2017, right at the beginning of 17, end of 16, end of seven, uh, beginning of 17. And it ended up being one of the great vintages that we've had in Livermore. Part of that, I think, was the way that that all of that rain helped to to um, f- move away, uh, leach away some of the salts and stuff that come from irrigation water that had that had built up over the intervening probably three or four years, maybe even five years. Uh, and and what those salts tend to do, they tend to to agglomerate around the roots of vines. And, and impede the uptake of nutrients and the like in, in vineyards, which causes ripening issues, causes plant health issues and the like. And so this, I'm hopeful that we get a recreation of the quality of 17. Uh, but we're a, we're a long way off from that. We'll be talking a lot about that over the course of the next six or seven, eight, nine months. Uh, we have come off of um, a major bottling, which I think we've talked about uh, over the you know last month and a half or so, and are gearing up for another round of blending, looking to blend 2021, Beth, 2021 vintage wines. Yep. And um, very excited to get back into the cellar and look at where 21 is start the blending process for lineage, which we'll get into in great detail when we when we get into that in the next probably three weeks or so. Uh, same thing with Lotia Coat, our right bend, our right to bank uh, blend, which is very Cab Franc heavy. So there's a lot of fun, exciting things to be looking forward to in the cellar in the next month and a half. This past weekend, we had the opportunity of uh, Journeying up north to Oregon. Beth's got family up there. I have family up there. We we intermixed uh, family visits with um, a, a more somber visit, and Beth will talk about that in a minute. Uh, but we also had a, a, an opportunity to kind of get away from our varietal focus, which is Cab Franc, uh, and dive relatively heavily into Pinot Noir from Oregon. And that was that was a blast. Beth uh, put together a trip uh, visiting wineries, some of which she knows and some of which were new for both of us. 
and uh, it was it was really cool. Why? So you were in charge of the schedule. <laughs> yes, I was. Uh, thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed creating a uh, very very quick trip for us. I I'm not allowed to do the important things like cash <laughs> register work or schedule creation. It's completely not true. <laughs> <laughs> So what was what was uh, what was the idea behind uh, this schedule for this past weekend? It it was an interesting trip for me. So I I was up uh, and and luckily Stephen came with me, which was wonderful for a um a, a memorial service for a, a um, wonderful colleague of mine and someone who really made me who I am in the wine industry. Uh, Kathy Wildman was uh, the wine club manager at the. Um, Winery I worked for in the Willamette Valley for several years, and um, she was kind of the uh, the backbone of of so much of a very very wonderful core group of women that helped make me who I am, and and just really were an important part of my love for wine and my love for sharing wine with people. And um, I, you know, she was gone way too soon, and we were there to kind of celebrate her memory. And so I we put together a, uh, well, I put together for me and a good friend of, of ours, Jana, um, put together a, uh, a quick, we only had one day off and, and man, did we make the most of that day. We, we did. <laughs> so we, did. we sucked visited, the marrow out of it. Yes, yes, we did. And we, so we, we visited, uh, three wineries and, uh, then got to see my brother up in Beaverton and then got to see, Stephen's mom uh, on the east side of Portland, and we were all over the place. It was a very busy day, but it was a an important day in remembering my friend Kathy's memory and uh, drinking lots of bubbles for her because she was a bubbles girl. And Oregon is doing really great things in bubbles, and so it was a it was a very quick trip filled with lots of very cold weather and some snow on the way back. But it was a uh, it was event filled and uh, good. You know, nice I, to get away from California for a little bit. Absolutely, I. You know, we've talked about, if not directly, certainly tangentially, and I've written a lot about this on Wine Saves Lives and in Lineage, my first book, and I'm, I talk about it. I write about it again. I think in my second book, which hopefully will be done <laughs> in the next several months, uh, about the role of of wine in creating relationships and maintaining relationships. And some of the women that I had the great pleasure of meeting who you had worked with at Duck Pond for mm-hmm. years and years, you hadn't seen for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way that, from, from, the out, from the outside observer, from, from Stephen's viewpoint, it was as if you were all in the tasting room helping mm-hmm. guests out in terms of how close you all are still and how the memories that, that you guys created when you were working there, all the hard work that you did uh, to, to make great experiences for your guests, just seemed to be, um, you know, just, just seemed to be this almost physical presence hanging over the room it's, you in know, a really it's, great way. It's a, it was a part of us, and we, I was very lucky to work with a very cohesive group of people. And, you know, it was funny, we were saying this this weekend, is there was a core group of about 10 of us that just, I mean, we were there for years and, you know, sometimes people would come and go with that core group of us. And, and, you know, we loved wine. We loved people. We loved sharing wine with people. And we were not a 
particularly high-end winery by any stretch, but we just loved sharing the experience with people. And when you get a, a, a group of, of people that you bond with that well and that you work with that well, I mean, every day I was there was a, a wonderful, wonderful day. And these women, I mean, we they, they taught me so much about hospitality and about how you treat people and about how to make someone feel special and about how to work together in crazy situations. I mean, we would have the bar three people deep sometimes and how do you make someone feel special even when it's that busy and and we were we we worked so well together and it was just a wonderful wonderful group of people and it was so great to see all of them this weekend and you know, it's it's it, unfortunately it was not under a, a better circumstance of being able to just kind of get together and hang out. It was to celebrate someone who took care of us in every single way and taught us all so much and you know, that those are the people that live on through you, I think. Absolutely. I, I didn't know Kathy, but I'm sure she would have approved had she been there uh, with respect to wine bringing you all back together mm-hmm. and her bringing you all back together. And it sounds like she was an amazing person. And I've had, I've had the pleasure of working with people over the last 30 years at Stephen Kent, who I think served a similar role, you know, who, who were, um, who were natural hospitality givers. And those are always the most wonderful people to be around. Um, and, and as you say, the, 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 the situation could have been, um, could have been better, but, um, it, it was still, it was still a beautiful thing to see and to be a part of and to meet people who are important to you is always important. Well, and wine brings us together in all parts of our lives, whether it's good or bad. And we shared some of our wines and there they shared some, I mean, gosh, we had this this wine, <laughs> I was, we were, Jana was, was kind enough to bring a, there was a, a 1996, um, sparkling wine that, right. you know, that we won't, we didn't make that much of. And she had saved it. it was, I think this, she said this was her last bottle of it. And what better way to, you know, celebrate an amazing life than to, you know, bring a bottle of 96 sparkling wine to share with people who... The, this was like <laughs> one of those lost wines from a, yes. a disappeared A-frame. <laughs> I, I, I always laugh at this. I, I was telling Stephen I was in charge of um, some some inventory. I did a little bit of everything at at that job, and I and I loved it, and I, I you know I loved it with my whole heart and soul. And and there were these these things, and this is before I knew Method Champenois, you know, sparkling wine and how it was made. And I would be you know working on inventory, and there were these two racks of. This, it's like this wooden A-frame and there are these bottles sticking out of it and I don't even know what it is. And I mean, that that's, you know, things we all kind of were like, what the heck is this? And then several years later, it ended up being this thing that was kind of forgotten about that turned out to be really freaking amazing that, you know, it's wine is, wine is weird in that way. Sometimes you forget about things and I still don't know how that happens because I'm very particular about <laughs> our, our, uh, <laughs> TTB reports, but still, you know, you never know. And, and so it was nice to, to share a, a, a special bottle to all of us for the memory of Kathy and all of her awesomeness. Yeah. The wine was really quite good actually. And you know, it, it's, it was well made, and it's not surprising necessarily that well made sparkling wine will hold up for 
25, 30 years. It, it, you know, what I really enjoyed about the trip, um, not as much as having a chance for us to be alone driving and talking for 20 hours, which was amazing, but it's sort of seeing Oregon wine country again. You know, my, my sister uh, and her family had been in Oregon for, gosh, 25 years-ish, something like that, pretty darn close, after having moved from Northern California. And I would go up and visit every now and again. And I, I remember taking kind of a solo drive through Newburgh and, and going to Argyle Winery and a couple of other places. And um, the the wineries that we saw on this trip bore no resemblance to, from a structural standpoint, from a um, from the standpoint of just this, you know, kind of beautiful, elegant infrastructure and architecture that says, hey, you know, we've got some money behind our brands. We're not afraid to put money into our hospitality efforts. Uh, our, our places are gorgeous. Oregon wine country is just freaking beautiful anyway. But um, we, we went to a couple of wineries that were really uh, just beautiful places and the wines ended up being really good as well. Um, well, I think the thing that really stuck out to me, and, and I've, I've said this about Oregon wine country for a while, is that I mean, the way people treated us and the knowledge of the tasting room staff and just the passion of you know, the people who worked you know, with us and poured for us was just amazing. We had some just incredible experiences there. And, you know, it's interesting. You can walk into a winery and, you know, taste the wines and feel okay. And yeah, this was good. Or you, you go in and you have an experience that just blows your mind. And it's normally a person behind that. You know, the wines need to be good. But if you have someone who really cares about what they do and they treat you really well and they go above and beyond, I mean, it just totally changes your experience. And almost everywhere we went, had we had an experience like that. No question. I mean, we Jana and Brandon at um, uh, in the Van Duzer Corridor. Andante. Andante Winery. Gorgeous facility. Wines Very well are, thought out. Every single corner of that place is just so meticulously thought out. And not, it, it's, it's, what I like about that place is that it's, it's not gaudy. It's simple. And you, you see the vineyards everywhere you're at and you see the barrels and it just, everything they did about that place was so, so thoughtful about making it about the wine and the place. And yeah, it was beautiful. And, and what, you know, it, it was by itself. You know, some of the other wineries we went to were in towns or close to towns. Others were secluded and were, you know, really the only the only uh, building on the hill. And Andante was like that. Uh, and it, it's always a it's it's a joy for me to be around um, wine wineries or wine people who have the resources and use resources well. There's nothing nothing worse than somebody who's got a lot of money and no taste. Uh, and these, these the wineries that we went to um, were were definitely the opposite of that. There's money, and they used it well. They used it well from a production standpoint. They used it well from a hospitality standpoint. Just thoughtfully done. Thoughtfully done. Andante was terrific. Um, uh, Aaron uh, at um, at Duck Pond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aaron is a is a, friend of a long friend of mine, longtime friend of mine, and and just I I love what, that she's still there and doing great things there, and 
there are certain people who wear all of the hats in the job they do, and that's Erin. She, God, I, I have such incredible respect for her. She, she just, she's amazing. She knows how to do everything in the wine industry. Absolutely. I mean, Timothy at, at Alexana did a great job of uh, in talking about knowledgeable people. I mean, he he had. Um, a whole encyclopedia of knowledge at his fingertips and talking about the wines that are being made there and and the wines are beautiful. Uh, Rieslings are beautiful. Pinot Noirs are beautiful. It was a great experience. I think the thing that was cool for me about um, Alexana is that, you know, it's kind of on the opposite side of the Dundee Hills that I am familiar with. And I had never been there before, but I had had several years back, I had a 2015 Alexana Pinot Noir that I had bought just a total wine. I mean, it was... I mean, maybe like 40 or $45. And I mean, I was, you know, looking for something that was a nice Pinot Noir. I was missing, you know, missing my my home of Oregon. And um, it was one of the best wines I've ever had in my whole life. And and it was just a single bottle of that. And I said, you know, I really want to go visit this place. And it's, it's amazing when as, you know, someone who's not super familiar with that kind of west side of Dundee Hills to have a bottle and go, okay, I want to visit this place. And then to have it just totally blow your mind as far as, you know, the, okay, there's a lot of thought that goes into these wines. And, and you know, he took us on a tour of the production facility, which was That was really the beautiful. sexiest part of it. <laughs> oh my gosh, those the tanks. Fully jacketed, I'm so uh, jealous. Oh gosh, fully yeah. jacketed, variable capacity it fermentation was, tanks. It, it was a turn on for winemakers. Yes. Like we, we walked in that room and we were like, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know the the, the um, o- Oregon is a really beautiful place, and there's a there's a spirit there that's different than California. Very much, I think um, wineries are. They're still kind of in their youth. As far they as are. They are. It's really, still the a little bit of a kind pioneering of, spirit. And there. That's exactly right. That it. They, they, it's it beautiful is, too. It you, is. You have to be passionate about what you're doing you have to be thoughtful thoughtful about what you're doing and they do it really well and they're really proud of it it's very clear they're very proud of what they're doing and you know they 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 have um they've carved out a great niche for themselves they've carved out a niche that they're they're working the majority of the varieties they work with are cool climate varieties that suit their growing areas really well instead of trying to be a cabernet growing area um to to compete with california They've made Pinot Noir and Chardonnay and Riesling predominantly their own. And and the style of wine, the flavor profile of, of Pinot Noir from Oregon is very different than from California. And the wines, the best made wines from Oregon are as, you know, are in, in, from my perspective, are better than the best made wines from California from a Pinot Noir standpoint. And that's exciting to taste those wines because it's not something that, I, I, I don't gravitate for Pinot Noir on a daily basis. If I did, it would be Burgundy and it would be Oregon. Um, there's a, a, a tension. There's a darkness of fruit. There's a forest floor aspect. There's a, there's, it reminds me a little bit of the way I feel about Cabernet Franc and that there always seems to be something elusive in the wines. There's always, you go back to the glass each time to try to find that thing you can't quite put your tongue on or your finger on. When there's always something more around the corner. You go back Absolutely. into that glass, you go back into that next sip and there's always something more. And and that's something I, you know, it's interesting for me kind of thinking about the 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 way that my life has gone and, and that Pinot, you know, 
Southern Oregon Syrah and the Willamette Valley Pinot was really my first loves and, and Pinot specifically. Um, and then to think that it kind of eventually turned into, you know, Cabernet Franc and that's, that's not very far off of a, of a, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is both of those varieties, Cabernet Franc and Pinot Noir, both are, um, very expressive and you just can't ever seem to get enough of them. And they, there's always more, more and more, um, words that come to mind and more, you know, descriptions. Every time you stick your nose back in that glass, there's more, they're very giving when they're done right. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, we, there, it was just, it was a, it was a great trip from the standpoint of sort of recentering me in terms of, of wine, giving me an opportunity to spend three days or so not worried about whether the wine that we're drinking that we produced is going to have a problem selling or, or did we do, do we make any kind of mistakes from a production standpoint or from a marketing standpoint? It was just a kind of a, a pure and free weekend to spend time with my favorite person and to taste wines that, that uh, were fantastic. And just sort of reaffirm why I love what I do so much and reaffirm why it's such a special time for for us when we get a chance to do this together. Anything else? Any other observations aside from the snow on the way back home? Oh one of Grant's Pass and Siskiyou Pass. Uh, <laughs> I haven't, God, been in snow like that for a long time. Well, luckily for me, I lived in Chicago for three years. There you go. You so handled, I, I knew how to drive in it. You handled the RAV4 beautifully, baby. Yeah, I, I, um, it, was, it was nice to have a four-wheel drive car. <laughs> <laughs> My little uh, Honda CRZ would not have done so well. I'm so <laughs> happy to be in the bigger car. Uh, we, uh, I, we wholeheartedly recommend that when you get up to Oregon to hit these wineries, Alexana and Duck Pond and... Um, Andante, St. Innocent, we didn't even Saint talk Innocent, about, but that's an amazing Argyles, place right off I-5. Right. Argyle for sparkling wine. Just, in, I mean, you can't go wrong in Dundee. There's so many great places, and uh, I wish we could have spent a whole week there, but I think we did pretty good for 48 Absolutely. hours in Oregon. And if you ever get to McMinnville, go to Hi-5. Yes, Hi-Fi. Yes, Hi Five. Great wine bar. Uh, it, there's there's a lot of great things to ex- to experience, and and, and you know, not notwithstanding. Uh, the amazing little Airbnb that you found too. Yeah, um, and Dayton, was, Oregon, awesome. which is funny because I used to drive from Salem through Dayton and to Dundee every day, so it was kind of nice to stay in Dayton. I didn't really know much about that town. My friend Beth used to be the mayor there, so shout out to Beth Wytoski. <laughs> <laughs> Say hello to City Hall next time you're in Dayton. Mm-hmm. Beautiful little town. Indeed. Well, thanks very much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, if there are any questions, Stephen at winesaveslives.com. Hope that you're enjoying these periodic podcasts and the stuff that, that I write and Beth will be writing for Wine Saves Lives here soon as well. Thanks again, everybody. Drink well, treat yourselves, treat your loved ones well, and uh, drink something delicious tonight.